Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. How strong is the force? Obi-Wan Kenobi gets a director and Uncle Owen. Is he back? College Jedi Council starts right now. Very good Zoolander face, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Collider Jedi Council. It's a show where we talk about, you guessed it, Rambo. Uh, it is the Star Wars show, ladies and gentlemen, and it is very nice to have you all with us here today. A lot of cool things happening, but not as cool as having Master Fife Adias with us, Emma Fife. Hello, Emma. Hi, it's great to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm just doing great. How you about seem yourself? Like chill today. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, uh, listen, there's there's a lot of great Star Wars happening in the world, there and there's just you know, it's a it's a it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. All right, Ken Knapsack, you are here. I'm here. You are doing good. You're I'm doing I, good. It feels like yesterday that you had a clean shaven face, and now it's <laughs> today, and so, you look like you could be in the thing, and I've never seen that. Here's movie. the thing. Yeah. I've been. Uh, I'm going to see a Game, Game of Thrones in concert Saturday. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I decided I wanted to grow a Sir Davos uh, it's working. beard. It's yeah. working for you. Uh, can I say something about you? No. Uh, you are truly a dark lord of the Sith Uh-oh. to get Phil Brooks to talk about wrestling in 2019. I don't know how I did it. It was good. I don't know how I did it. It was good. You know, I know how he did it because he just wanted to have a conversation. Yes. And that yeah. was the thing is when he came in yesterday and Ken, of course, talking about our interview that we had on Collider Live with uh, CM Punk. He came in. I didn't have any interest in talking to wrestling with him. Right. But he brought it up. And it's yeah. just, I feel, and you feel, that if you, and we all do, that if yeah. you have just normal conversations with people and don't try to get stuff out of them, right. who knows what will happen. I, I admit, I watched to see if he'd punch you. Oh, really? This <laughs> He's is, got a rep. Yeah. He's got a rep, but uh, it was a great interview. It was good a conversation. He, he, he thanked me afterwards for just saying, thanks for just talking with me. Good. And that's it was the good. Whole point. It was good. I liked him. I liked him a lot. And I heard about his reputation, but yeah. that's not the show we're doing today. We're talking <laughs> about Star Wars. Uh, it is our Star Wars show, and we're going to start with, you guessed it, Star Wars movie news. Everything happening in the world of Star Wars that connects, that is the films. And Ken, there's some stuff. There's got? some stuff after last week, which was just big headline after big headline, uh, which, which we're still you know, talking about and trying to see through the, the Feige stuff, everything. We don't know. Um, we got some spillover, but we got this one. The production, uh, excuse me, production, the promotion of Rise of the Skywalker is 
not the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, is really starting. The trains left the station and things are coming out. This Empire Magazine thing came out with the, some of the photos, the Knights of Ren stuff. But there was this stuff from Chris Terrio, uh, the screenwriter, who said uh, there was two key questions they asked when putting together this movie. One of them is simply, who is Ray? Which is a question that people not only wonder about quite literally, but wonder about in the spiritual sense. How can Ray become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? We kept coming back to who is Ray, and how can we give the most satisfying answer to uh, that, not only factually, because obviously people are interested in whether she's, uh, you know, whether there's more to be learned about Ray's story, but more importantly, who is she as a character? How will she find the courage and will and inner strength and power to carry on what she's inherited? The second one is, how strong is the Force? What is the Force and how strong is the Force? These two things were really important and our first insight is to some of the big themes that they're diving into in rise of uh rise i keep saying the skywalker <laughs> rise of skywalker phil uh, uh zostak uh showstack excuse me on uh if you follow him on twitter he's the guy who does all the art of star wars mm-hmm. books yeah, for lucasfilm yeah. great guy he had a thread going we can dive in data about how that question was asked by production designer Rick Carter in 2013 and uh, related to, along with who is Luke Skywalker, big theme stuff. What do you think as that relates to episode nine? I think it kind of goes back into where when people say they don't need answers to Ray's story, I think this kind of pushes fingers that you kind of do because you need answers to, to, I've always thought of, I want to see why she is uh, as connected to the Force, uh, as strong as she is. And I think by these kind of philosophies and the understanding and, being, and the fact that she's able to take to it, I still stand by the fact that I think that she's connected to Palpatine one way or another. Now, whether or not that it's cloning or whether or not that she was kind of left by him or created by him or whatever it might be, I think that that's what we're going to see. And it will connect this overall theme of the Force being so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely more on the side of I want to know who Ray is as a character more so than I want to know how she's connected to everything because this is the thing is that you know I'm I'm one of the people that was fine with like oh yeah she's just a person I actually like the idea that it's like you don't have to be like a Skywalker in order to be important and to to have an impact on the world and on the story and on the lore of Star Wars that being said I am very interested in in kind of the second half of that of the like what drives her, what gives her the courage to go on and, and, you know, take on this tremendous responsibility that she's inherited. That, to me, is very interesting because I feel like we haven't 100% gotten there with Ray just yet. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the things that, you know, when I, I, I used to do a, a Star Wars tabletop RPG and the um, my buddy Burt Jennings, who is the GM for it, he just doesn't like Ray because he feels like he can't connect with who she is as a person. Not that he cares about, like, whose kid she is, who who she is in, like, the grand scheme of stuff. It's that he feels like he doesn't understand her, like, what drives her. Right, well, let me make that clear. That's... I don't want her to be a Skywalker. I yeah, don't want her, oh, like, totally. But when, when, like, when you're saying what your friend is saying also, I agree. She yeah. has not She has not developed all the way through as a character, and I think this is what she will. But I do think she needs some kind of connection to the overall universe because I think that that ties us together as fans as an understanding. Now, that's not to say that that can't be a complete disaster if not done correctly. Absolutely. But it could <laughs> also be one of those moments yeah. where you're just – fist bumping uh, sure. that's, that's smart yeah or, yeah, and, it, and I think there is a way that you can handle it really elegantly where she is connected to all of this but maybe and it's a way that we don't expect and I, I would love I would love to see something like that but but either way I do feel also that that continuing to explore her story and answer the question of who is Ray is very true to what these films have been because I think that it has been a slow build yeah. to us like really getting her Ken what do you think 
I think it's it, great, great discussion. We should dive into more. I, I, I going back to your your, your greater point of uh, you know, the connection. I know you're not referring to just a checklist of, right. of things. Yeah. Uh, it could lead to even more of what you're discussing of who she is as a character if she discovers, you know, she's a clone. Whatever. Let's just sure. say that a hand fell and she got it. Like, what does that do to her? I I I, I think it has great ramifications, and, and I would want them to explore that. Uh, even, you know, I, I, I'm someone who believes Kylo told the truth as far as he knows. Yes. Uh, in that moment, she actually is the one who kind of, I eh, feel it. But obviously that's one page mm. of, of, of that story. Um, what I'm interested in, because for me, Ray, what I love where she starts, Ray, Ray keeps saying, she keeps dreaming Outside of what her bounds there, you know, she puts the helmet on, the, the Tierfron Yellow Aces helmet, and she dreams about being an action pilot. But really, she never wants to leave. She's stuck there, whereas Luke wa- wanted to get the hell out. So her yeah. difference is, you know, it's that, it's that old, uh, old quote of, you know, you, know, you, you know, who are you to play small? You should be, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but you should be big. You're a child of God. You're big. She, she knows she might be something. She feels it, but she doesn't want it. She stays trapped by all the things. The days on, yeah. the, on the calendar. I'm waiting for my family. She doesn't want to face her destiny. And now she's, you know, been doing it. She has no choice. And to still learn more. And then if she also tosses in what you're saying, something like... I'm I'm from the emperor's cloak. Like literally, they cut off his cloak and made me or something weird. How I, you know? Even more now, she has to face her destiny. That and and how does she do that? It's 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 interesting stuff. And I, I love some of the stuff. Terio also has some other quotes. Uh, I don't have in front of me right now of how some of his favorite scenes in Last Jedi are the are the Ray and uh, Kylo Ben stuff. Uh, because he felt Ryan really took a deep dive into the complicated nature that started back in that interrogation scene in Force Awakens, and Terrio's really excited about that, which just makes me excited just to get those big themes. Yeah. But I think I don't think it's mutually exclusive. No, yeah, I don't and think, I think so that's, I think that's what you're both saying. And I think that it's like an interesting point that you bring up there too, Ken, of this idea that that like Ray and Luke are so fundamentally different because, like you said, like Luke didn't think he was anybody. He just was like, I just, I want to get out of here. I, I can't stand being on Tatooine. I don't want to die a farm kid. Like, I got to have adventures. And Ray is, as you say, she very much, like, has the sense that she is somehow important but isn't willing to face that. And that, I think, is what she has been grappling with throughout the course of these new films. And I'm, I'm excited to see her, like, come Embrace to... Embrace Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Cam, what's next? All right, next up on the old agenda here. Uh, what's that sound bite? What's next on the agenda? That's right. Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, You're such a big Collider Live fan. I, I, <laughs> I've told you I'll make eggs and oatmeal. And I put turn, your silly you put voice on in the background. All right. Um, sorry, this is a TV story, so I've got to move that down. Sorry, Cody, we're going on down to the character reveal. We find, we got a little character. Again, the promotional train has left the space station. Uh, a new character, and oh, he looks so cute, uh, was revealed, and his name is Babu Frick. <laughs> Babu Frick is uh, a tiny Anzellan droidsmith. Uh, he was part of a, a toy revealed in the Triple Force Friday live stream last week, and, and this Friday, tomorrow, is... Uh, is Triple Force Friday, and he works among spice runners on Kijimi and can reprogram or modify virtually any droid. So I, I really love this character. That's cool. This, um, this is my new the, favorite character the, automatically. Porg, right? This the, is my new Porg. Yeah. My new Porg yeah. is this um, little dude. His little hobbit and then his little scruff. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. But probably going to have a voice like this, yeah. too. I know. Yeah. But Christian, a lot right. of people are, I think, smartly tying this to 3PO's red eyes we saw. Yeah. Either way, yes. maybe he programs him, maybe he's unprogrammed, gets him back to his original form. Yeah, uh, when I you like see that. this, what do you think of this guy? <laughs> I think this is going to be fun. I think uh-huh. this, Frick. It just, this is the, the thing where I always get a little nervous, but I also say, you know what, depending on how it is executed, if you put, like, perfect example for me is like Solo. Right, right. I still mm-hmm. think like what's it, Madam? What's her name in the beginning? The the snake. Oh, Lady um, Proxima. Lady Proxima. Lady, Linda Hunt yeah. voice. Still in Lady think Proxima. that Lady Proxima. Say an, Proxima Midnight. That is a character yeah. from the Avengers. Yeah. Well, with an alien <laughs> with an alien subtitle, very different, more impactful. You and I are one hundred percent on that. Page. Yeah. Um, and so that's not to say that I need this little creature to have an alien voice, but it's got to fit. For example, yeah. uh, Trade Federation. That voice voices not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> a lot of reasons. For, Nah. Not good. Uh, just not good. Uh, so it's very important how the alien creatures sound. And mm-hmm. the look is amazing. It looks like he's wearing something from, uh, from, from Endor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm loving what, he, what this little guy is wearing. And it almost looks like a Jim Henson, almost labyrinth-type creature. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I mean, obviously, uh, hot on the heels of the Dark Crystal Netflix series, yep. I have very high expectations for puppets. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy yeah. better deliver. Puppets in Star Wars have a generally good They do have a pretty good history. There's been yeah. some misfires. But yeah. It's going to be fun, though. I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah. Very, very limited role that he's going to have to. He's not going to be yeah. No, part. yeah. Yeah, no, but if he, if he turns to the camera and is like, well, you need your droid fix then yeah oh my gosh uh, although although the worm and labyrinth worked that's with, true with that accent. that's true and he does have, have a, he does have a little bit of the blue worm vibe to him yeah. i gotta say i, know. I so, also so would he, i also would want hoggle to show up right oh, hoggle? Yes, yeah. hoggle. as long as he doesn't pee into the river this time <laughs> all right uh moving on what's next moving on my friend uh did you see eddie the, it happened it was live stream for the reveal was happening last week when we're recording the triple force friday <laughs> stuff uh i know I think all three of us at one point have collected toys and figures mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point or another, I've just said, I can't afford it. I don't have room. Uh, Christian, did you get a chance to see any of the toys, any no. of the reveals? No? Ready? Yeah? Well, there you go. There's the picture. Hey. Uh, cool. I'll tell you what I want. Pedro Pascal's shirt sure. and yep. necklace. I don't 100%. Think you can pull that off, though. I think Makuga can. Makuga, yeah. Makuga absolutely can. Yeah. Good. I, you can pull off that mustache. <laughs> I can't do the mustache. My no. dad can. He's got a good old Dale Earnhardt. I don't, yeah. I don't got that. Um... What I love about these events, the toys or not, is is uh, seeing the the actors getting to see themselves in figure form yeah. for the first time because it's such a tradition. Yeah, uh, uh, Naomi Aki getting to see the uh, Jana, uh, I believe it's Jana or Jana. Uh, um, Six inch black yes. series was really it's it's kind of touching it's kind of cool like you, on top of you get this cool acting role and now you get to join this tradition. No. Uh, I just really want to be an action figure. That's like truly one of my life goals. I Christian's think. a Funko Pop. <laughs> Yeah. You got a Funko Pop. I don't but, know. Well, I mean, look, I'm going to make you. I guess you, you'll be excited because we're working on uh, Schmodown action figures next, <laughs> next year, so you probably will be one. Excellent, um, excellent. Th- th- this is always fun, and like you said, I think the most the most exciting thing is watching how excited both Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano are there to to see themselves in action yeah. figure form. But that Mandalorian figure is fantastic. I want it. It looks yeah, uh, and seeing the design, it just uh, it looks it looks really. Star Wars in the best sense of the yeah. word. She yeah. does, Cara Dune looks great too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. That Mando kind of pops. I uh, like what, that uh, the, the ATST uh, Mandalorian version with the claw tubes. Yeah, yes, yeah, the, the, the Lego Raider. set. Yeah, it's got a bandage on the yeah, knee. It's great. Like uh, me and Roca after trying to work out. <laughs> um, What's next? 
Uh, we're going to TV. TV. All right. We're going to move on over now. Now we've got away from all the stuff that's going on in the films. Even though I don't know what that was necessarily film, but we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, and now film adjacent. We'll, we'll, film adjacent. We'll move on over to that segment of the show that we simply call What's the Deal with Canon? Everything happening in the world of Star Wars that connects to the movies, but not the movies. It could be TVs, shows. It could be comic books or novels or video games. Whatever it might be, we're going to talk about it. Ken, what do you got? All right, last, uh, late last week, uh, again, a lot, lot of news last week in Star Wars, but late, late last week it was uh, revealed and confirmed uh, that uh, we have a director for the Kenobi series, and it is Canadian director Deborah Chow, who has an impressive resume of great TV shows, uh, Jessica Jones, Better Call Saul, and then, of course, Mandalorian, two episodes in the upcoming season. They like what she was doing there. They like working with her, and she will be helming uh, all of the Mandalorian, Hussein Amini, Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan, yeah, yeah, what a, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. There's a lot of shows out. I just um, confirmed that she's doing all of it. I will say not 100 percent, but because I haven't seen that anywhere. Okay. Yeah. But it's being rumored, framed. Yeah. I mean, every everyone from Kathleen Kennedy's comments, everything has been like. Let me tell you how much her. I love all about all, all yeah. of this story. And Hussein Amini, uh, writing is the writer. Okay. Yeah. The reason I love this story so much because it proves what we've been saying about the Star Wars television narrative in general, is that there's going to be a chance for all of these new directors and filmmakers mm-hmm. to get a chance there to show their love for Star Wars, to show what they can do, and to prove themselves. And not only did she do this twice, apparently, on Mandalorian, she got herself the entire series. That's one thing that I love about it. Because when she's on, when she, well, as she's on the set, she's talking up the two biggest Star Wars heads in Favreau and Filoni, and she's talking up Filoni, and she's talking about Obi Wan, and, and you know, I want to hear the whole story on how she then gets connected to Obi Wan, right? Because that definitely happened with the connection through Filoni and everything too, and all the great work that she's doing. They probably watched her dailies. Said yeah. this, she's kicking ass. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I go back to True Detective season one, and when you had, um, I always mess up his, his name, Carrie Fukunaga, um, who directed the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a big movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get six episodes out of Obi-Wan or eight and you have one director's narrative from start to finish, I am down. That's not to say I don't like when they bring in other directors. Right. Because, you, because of what I just said. Totally. You get a chance to prove your worth. But to get a gig like that on one big narrative also says a lot about the Obi-Wan series. This is a one-time deal. This is one movie. Oh, this is one yeah. series and that's it. Yeah, I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I think that, as you say, Obi-Wan to me feels like it would sit probably best as like a six to eight episode kind of thing. And again, just having that that continuous single narrative. I, I mean, yes, this is something that we want. This is something that Ewan McGregor wants. But ultimately, there's only so much Obi-Wan story to tell in that time. And if you try to drag it out and you bring in a bunch of different directors and you make it very episodic, then I think you do stand the the possibility of it becoming a little lost uh, and feeling kind of trite, uh, for lack of a better term. No, I think it's a good, it's a good point because <sighs> this is where they're learning something different when they do these series. Yeah. Because these series have to be treated, especially this movie, they have to be, excuse me, this series, they have to be treated like movies, especially this series, because we know, Ken, this is, 
based off of the script that they had that was a feature film. Yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy, when they announced it at that at, at D23, said the script's already been written. So that means Hussein Amini probably came in and, and, and you know, did so, a lot of his work deals with mm-hmm. adaptations. Drive yes. was an adaptation. A lot of his work, uh, he, he and McGregor worked on stuff. So I imagine they said, here's what we got. Can we can you can you stretch this out? Can you do this and not just, you know. Add in some extra dreams. Uh, yeah. Kenobi drinking for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> it, it works with what he does. And then uh, Deborah Chow, they, I like what Kathleen Kennedy said of, of we, we were wanted to select a director who's able to explore both quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan in a way that folds seamlessly in the Star Wars saga. We know that there's, we know there's going to be action, there's going to be things, but a lot of this will be about what's going on in Kenobi's brain and uh, her body of work and, and my pal Joseph Scrimshaw really pointed out we we looked at everything he did uh, her, she's done and, and Asinamini's uh, done and a lot of them have to do with characters in their heads and how yeah. do you get that out off the page and and that just connects and makes me excited you know I'm been clamoring for Kenobi stuff you yeah. have too uh, um, this is I, I'm through the roof excited for me what too. this team yeah. is doing alright what's next speaking of that you know what's also exciting what's exciting <laughs> Uncle Owen. We'd love to have Uncle Owen back. Joel Edgerton. Yeah, he back in 2017 was interviewed by the Business Insider. And uh, thanks to my friends at Star Wars News Net for putting this all together in a, a simple thing. Uh, uh, John uh, Hoey did this uh, so I can just go through these quotes here real simple. <laughs> uh, back in 2017, Edgerton was interviewed by Business Insider. said, I like the idea that Uncle Owen is one of those guys who has done some super cool boop, but has just never bragged about it. My idea is that he'd go out and have some adventures and then comes back and... Uh, and, and slips it back into that unassuming moisture farmer role. Everyone talks about Kenobi being super cool. Owen secretly knows that he was there, and he did some of the cool boop, too. So my pitch is uh, all of them is there are definitely some Owen possibilities when he's talking about an Obi-Wan movie or a story. So Josh Horowitz, who gets a lot of cool stuff, going back to yeah. today, our October 1st tweets, caught up with Joel Edgerton today. Uh, check out The King. I really enjoyed it. I have almost no doubt, based on his coy evasiveness, that he will be in the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. I've seen many an actor playfully evade. I'm placing a big bet that Owen will be back. Let's talk about Uncle Owen. Has to happen. And Aunt Peru. Yeah. Has to happen. And I'll tell you, yeah. one of the, the same reason I keep you know, stomping my feet about the fact that we need that conversation of Obi-Wan once thought as you did for Vader. I want to see the conversation to where Owen says he shouldn't have went off on that mission, mission yeah. with you. He shouldn't have gone off on that damn, that idealistic yeah. crusade. Yeah. He's like, Listen, there it is. There's I gotta, that I gotta see some emotional damage yeah. in Owen Lars. Yeah. Because that's, I, I live for that kind of stuff. Um, and also again, like exploring that relationship of exactly why, like, I, I mean, we obviously have a, a basic understanding of why Owen is the way that he is and why he's like, no, like, I'm, I, I worry that Luke's going to be too much like his dad. And yeah. just watching him, like, struggle with that and have that confrontation with Obi-Wan, I want that, yes, right. please. Yeah. And Joel Edgerton should be him. I was here <laughs> hanging out. I met him for the first time. He yeah. went off, he killed a bunch of sand people, and then he had coffee. I yeah. don't want that from my nephew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can see, hey, something not right in his ass. Yes. Right. Joel Edgerton is a great actor. I mean, he's, he's a, a really good and, actor. And a good director. And a great director. The gift, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, since Attack the Clones, this is 2002. Yeah, I mean, oh. he has become... I Great. forgot right. that yeah. it was Joel Edgerton, right. to be completely honest. Well, but that's the thing. You have him and you and McGregor into it. Yeah. Um, and I think whether or not you actually have him do adventures or stuff, maybe get involved with it against sand people or blasters, whatever it might be, fine. Yeah. But it's those conversations that I want to see. But it yeah, also yeah. means that we're going to see a younger Luke. Yeah, yeah, and that's the great, the, the great question. It looks what we're looking at seven, eight, eight, eight years, years right? Okay, yeah. uh, I think you could do that. What I love about it, so it's, talk, it's talk, uh, talking about the action. Um, yeah, maybe he doesn't do exactly what Joel said there, but um, the idea that 
some really Game of Thrones season one Robert Baratheon and Ned like yes. conversations. Do them and bring me Bonnie, Bonnie P.S. as, as Aunt yeah. Beru. Yeah. Um, and it's touched upon him from a certain point of view where Kenobi would leave little gifts and toys mm-hmm. that he carved and, and Aunt Beru would come take it. But Uncle Owen was like, get the hell off. And Uncle Owen's thought was, I'm charged with, you gave me this kid, I'm charged protecting him, and I'm doing a damn good job yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm fighting, I don't need your help, space wizard. Go in the hills, I don't Absolutely. need you. Yeah. And, and the tension there yeah. about their future as, they, as Kenobi struggles with the idea of, of, do I focus this kid or do I go face Vader one more time? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, some great that, tension. It's, it's that's, so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it is that conversation that, he, yeah. that Obi-Wan has with Luke, and when he tells him that your uncle didn't believe in all this stuff. I yeah. want to see that, because it will connect into... Yeah. All of it. And well, the other question though I have for you guys is yes. will Jimmy Smith appear in this series? I I, I think he does. I, would, hope. I think he does. I would think so. Yeah. 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 I, I think I think there it's not out of the realm possibility they would have some kind of conversation. That that from well, he Re- knows from Rogue One, yeah. That yeah. Revenge of Sith to to Rogue One, yeah. They wouldn't have uh, a Christmas, a, ho- a life day Some, card. Yes. <laughs> what, if he shows up, what if he's like he's in? What, he's like it's a secret meeting, and you see a guy with yeah. a hood, and it pops back over and it's Bail Organa, and he's just yeah. kind of maybe that's maybe that's kind of letting him know that you know the the Emperor is working with there, there's an, there's someone else. It's yeah, it's I, a Sith. He's yeah. the one who reveals Ooh, the information. Yeah, I like I feel that like idea. too. Also, because you know you look at Star Wars and New Hope and the the like very blatant messaging of Bail Organa specifically reaching out to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think you have to. Yeah, it would be great. It would you know? be great. I, would like, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff and Jimmy Smith has lent his, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in Rogue One, he's lent his uh, mm-hmm. voice to, to other mediums. I, mm. I, th- I think Jimmy Smith shows up if I was going to bet on it. So, right. Getting something else break? Uh, well, <clears throat> no, I'm trying to get the next story up oh. on the, the internet's down. Cody, oh. what'd you do with the internet? Um, Cody's panicking. I can't get it up, but I, I read a little bit of it. Um, anyways, going back to this, it's juicy stuff, um, yeah. and this is what uh, you're. You're right. This is what we can get with TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we could definitely get in a movie, but this is a six-hour movie. Now we get six time. to eight-hour. Yeah. movie. yeah. Now we yeah. get time. I'm yeah. excited. Uh, going back to the Mandalorian, Dave Filoni talked about the choice to create IG-11 over using IG-88, and I cannot get the specific quote back yeah. up because of uh, Space Web. But it's a good quote, though. <laughs> it's a good quote. Basically, correct me if I'm wrong, Emma. Okay. Uh, he I'll, basically I'll said, try to Look, remember. IG-88, been around, a lot of stories, yep. canon and legends. Out of respect for both those stories and people who invested a lot of time in them, we decided to go the route of an all-new character yep. that looked familiar uh, so you can get kind of the same stuff. Um, yes. I'm going to take it on the surface. I don't want to read too into it. It's, I always joke that Favre was like, had two action figures in his hand. I was like, Boba Fett, IG-88. Lucasfilm was like, <clears throat> Mandalorian and IG-11. But uh, <laughs> I'm not getting emotional over this. Uh, but what do you think? that For Floney to phrase it like that. Like, yeah. We get there's a lot of stories. Yeah. But IG-88 is not going to uh, mind meld with the second Death Star in this story. We've got something else planned. Oh. It's, I think that goes back to what a lot of people have been asking for, original characters. So when they think original yes. characters, right away they go, Oh, humans. Why not droids? Why, Why not, not aliens? You yeah. know, all these yeah. different things. And that doesn't mean you can't have other characters show up that you do like, but maybe this particular, yes. this was a different version of this droid that they wanted to show. So I dig it. I like it. Can't wait to see how it connects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The second part of Filoni's quote speaks very, very much to that, which is basically, he says, I'm, in, in regards to IG-88, I mean, people forget in Empire, you never see him walk or take a step. The prop was actually bolted to the floor. So just giving him feet was something new and original. But yeah, yeah. I just gravitate to the open field that you get with new characters. Um, 
and uh, goes on to talk about, you know, introducing Ahsoka Tano and how he felt that, like, she contributed to the story and his and her story was completely his to craft and she didn't take away from Anakin's story and then also right. talks about things like when you are focused, like, for example, in Rebels on completely original characters, obviously Clone Wars, they were dealing with a lot of established characters, but not in Rebels, that when you do bring in those established characters, when you bring in your Obi-Wans, then it feels really epic and special. Yeah. All right, uh, Kent. Is that everything in the canon? Yeah, everything okay, canon. Cool. A couple co- cool comics out this week. Oh, I know we, we never really dive into them. And there's one. There's some silly stuff going on on the internet. Uh, I, I encourage all of you to actually read the comics before judging what Disney has done with uh, their <laughs> yeah. stories and everything. Actually, read the con- uh, context. Get the full context uh, of. Uh, don't always take characters' dialogue as canon. That's been said several times yes. by people Lucasfilm. That that that's a character's point of view. Obi Wan believes that Luke is the chosen one. Uh, yeah. George Lucas would disagree. That doesn't mean Obi Wan is right. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff going on about an imperial minister coming along, and she was the brains behind the empire and. And that's just that not true. Yeah, this is how she feels. Her point of view. How, right. Yeah, her point of view. Um, so I haven't had a chance this, to dive uh, into that. Dr. Afra was really good. Is it good? Yeah, I Series enjoyed it. is coming to a close with issue 40? I think so, yes. Because they're going to do the big wrap-up. So, yeah, uh, this, this is 37, 37. I want to say. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. And, you know, shout out to the writer uh, for using a term of endearment that I often use for my cats in the context of Star Wars. Well, there you right. go. Well, <laughs> there you go. All right, so that's everything. Now, before we move on to uh, the Twitter questions, we'll address the elephant in the room. Ken is wearing an Ewok shirt. That's true. Yeah. I do hearts murder, <laughs> murder bears. bears. Yeah, no, uh, I say that in jest. Now, uh, you may or may not know if you listened to the announcement earlier on Collider Live today. Um, November 1st will be my last day at Collider. I am uh, I'm moving on. I'm going doing different things. You want to get a full detail on why the, the, the full segment is on the Collider Live channel. You can go on over there. No reason to go and rehash everything that myself and Mark Fernandez and Mark Riley talked about. Um, what I will say is that um, back in 2014, well, earlier than that, I was doing a show on Geek Nation called Far, Far Away. It was one of the... Um, one of the few Star Wars weekly podcasts that I at least knew about, and I was doing it, and Ken Nassock was on that show, John Roca, Tiffany Smith. And in 2014, I, I was with AMC, and I had asked John Campia if, if he uh, – I thought – I said, listen, I think we should do a Star Wars show. He said, you think a Star Wars weekly show could work? I said, I really do. I've been doing it on, on audio form. So he said, let's take a shot with it. We did a pilot. And we did four episodes, and it went really well. So much so that we turned it into this show, uh, the Jedi Council, that debuted in probably late 2014 on AMC, and then transferred over to Collider. It has been a wild ride this uh, entire run, and I love you guys and everything and all the support that I've gotten. I can't even tell you how many times, whether it's being at Star Wars Celebration or or just in general, people saying how much that Jedi Council has meant for them over the years. Um, and I want to let you guys know how much you have meant to me over the years, the support that you give me through the through the, the good and the bad. And I know that there's been a lot of it. Um, and I thank you. And I thank you to the wonderful guests we have, whether it's someone as wonderful as Emma Fife, um, to someone as uh, despicable as John Roca. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, and then, of course, my uh, my 
partner in crime for shoot since the the days at, at Room Five doing stand up comedy. That is Ken Napsok, the pit boss. Uh, so if you didn't know, Ken Napsok will be steering the ship on Jedi Council when I leave on November first. I will be doing Star Wars material. You can you can go and find my show on YouTube.com slash the Schmodown. Well, I will be doing a weekly Star Wars show. You can go and find me there. But this show will continue to go on, and you should support it full strength, full strength ahead. And um, again, Ken, thank you to everything you, you have done, and, and congratulations on, on doing the show here, too. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun with, with all due you know, keeping in respect of everything that's gone down here before uh, and the legacy you guys built, uh, uh, you know, as we come to the final chapters of uh, the big rush of new Star Wars and then a new, new era begins uh, after nine uh, leaves theaters or, or comes to theaters. So uh, excited to do it. Uh, more going. I know you're not done talking Star Wars, nor should you be. Uh, remember back in the days, I was over on Jedi Alliance, you're Jedi Council. The world can exist. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, for all the fun poking we can give about some of the things that have gone down here. I think everyone knows your love of Star Wars has gone on for a very long time uh, and beyond five years and been in it your whole life and we know it's going to continue and uh, what an era, what a run here at, uh, at Collider overall. But more to come on that. Thank you guys again. So this it's it, November 1st. Is there's, there's three more shows left before it is the end of, of my era here on Jedi Council, but we're not done here today. We're going to hear from you guys. You guys have submitted some questions. You've gone to the Twits. That's a deal with canon. That's fine. It's all about. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's do canon all over again. This time we'll talk about okay. the comics. Actually, actually, we forgot something. No. Well, come. Can I? Uh, we we got a fun video show. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's the same video. Yeah, that actually is great. Um, so don't worry about it. Uh, here we go. This is this is Cody see, is on the fly. Cody is flailing his arms like the Kermit. JTE back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's like listen. A back there. So I mentioned this again on Cloud Alive today. I'm excited that we get to show this here. Also, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, heroes and villains. We had a wonderful run with them. Sponsor with them over the last uh, month. And man, and did the Jedi Council fans come out in droves? Thank you so much for everything that you guys did. The code you used it, you got yeah. the discounts. So we did a really fun video. We did a really fun video that's going to debut tomorrow, and um, we showed the trailer on Collider Live today. And we thought that it would be fitting for you guys to see exactly what we did. Frank, the the brilliant Frank Lucatardo, did this. Uh, directed it. He's editing it. And I'm gonna stop talking. Here it is. <laughs> Very excited to check out that full video. I've seen a lot of it, and it looks uh, it yeah. looks great. It's funny, and you guys are gonna get a kick out of I it. I saw the rough cut of it before we added in the lightsaber animations, and I feel really cool with that green lightsaber. Thank you, Frank, uh, for making me look so awesome. I can't wait to see it tomorrow. So make sure you check it out. That's on this channel, the main channel here. So make sure you check it out in the morning. I think in the morning. So either way, just keep your notifications on. It's going to hit tomorrow. But now we're going to talk to you guys. You guys have gone to the Twits and hashtag Collider Jedi Council. We're going to do about three questions today. And Ken, what do you got? 
All right, then. Uh, three questions is good. The counting of the numbers three and three is the number. What past theme? This is from Bruce Crawford at Bruce Crawford. One, what past theme of John Williams' music are you most excited to hear re- uh, reprised in The Rise of Skywalker? He's most excited to hear, again, The Duel of the Fates. Mm. Thank you for taking my question. No, thank you, Bruce. Love the show. Uh, music comes up every now and then. What do you think? Sith. Give me the, em- give me the Emperor's theme. Emperor's theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All day long. I mean, I, they already incorporated it so beautifully into the end of the trailer where they bring in that little bit of Ray's theme, which I'm really obsessed with. So give me more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very clearly, it is the Ewoks theme when we go meet <laughs> Princess Kanisa, Nisa, and uh, Chief Wicket. Um, or she'd be queen by then. Yeah. Um, also, Padme's Ruminations, one of my yeah. favorite ones. Yeah. There. I don't know if we'll connect, but if we get some kind of flashback to Anakin or Pad- Padme or anything like that, that's what I would like. All right, what's next? Uh, we've got this question here from um, Stephen Camp. I think I know the answer, but I want to get your passion uh, behind this here. Stephen Camp, Steve Camp F1. If Disney Plus is Disney Plus the best format to get a Darth Plagueis limited series, perhaps adapting Lucino's novel, Plagueis. I still remember the day you were like, hey, you got to read this book. I would want nothing more than to adapt this book, and I wish that they would do that. I've been saying that again. Yeah. If they're adapting scripts like they are for Obi-Wan, adapt the books, because especially ones that are non-canon, mm-hmm. adapt the books. You have so much there. I, I, or, it is, it yeah. is, but it's mind-boggling yeah, to yeah. me that if you have this material, like imagine if they had the J.K. Rowling novels, mm-hmm. and they said, well, we're not going to use anything from her actual novels. We'll just use the characters. Yeah, and then we're move that's, on. That, that is very frustrating. No, I, I, I'm totally, totally in agreement with you on this. Disney Plus is definitely the best platform to potentially get yeah. something like this. And I think one of the things that they've done so well with Star Wars is finding ways to incorporate the stuff from the extended universe, the now, what do they call it, legends, yeah. uh, that was good. And I think that this you have a whole novel of good here, so it doesn't have to be like... A, a page for page adaptation, but I think there's so much material in that that you could just do a really good adaptation yeah, a of longer, to create a series. 100%. It's a longer book, and you can you could turn that into eight to ten episodes like yeah. that. I had the pleasure of talking to James Lucino about that, and I always felt like there was a gangster feel to it. And he said he absolutely wrote it with that in mind. Um, it, that you you feel it's it's a dark series if if they're going to do it. But you would see. I and it's funny because when I had the, the opportunity to interview uh, Tom Hiddleston mm. for I forget what movie it was, but it was oh it was for Kong. It was oh, okay. For Kong Skull I was Island. like for a Thor. No, no, it was for <laughs> Kong Skull Island and, uh, for uh, for Fandango. And when he walked in, I said. I don't know if anyone's ever said this, but I think you as a young Palpatine would be amazing because no one's ever said that to me, and I would love to do that. And I said, Tom Hiddleston as a young Palpatine, right? I am just here for it. Sign me up. Imagine him and Plagueis running around and doing, and you see like the evolution of what happens and how Palpatine turns bad. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The Plagueis novel, if anyone hasn't read it, it's technically Legends right now. It's outside the realm of it. But Lucino bought, brought a couple little references into the Tarkin novel. Was was yeah. was it Anaheim 2015 that you and I, in like one of the final days, were like, come with me. Was, We've got to yeah. go find Lucino. Yeah. And you got a, got a signed, uh, signed copy of a yeah. book, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that was before great. I, I actually had a chance to interview him. Yeah. yeah, and then I think I... Quickly said, I loved all the Robotech books you co-wrote. Yes, yes, you did say that. You 100% did. All right, last one. Last one. Hey, last week, Kevin Feige was all the rage in Star Wars with his possible producing a movie. I mean, they're working on one. We'll see if it sees the light of day. I'm sure it will. Captain Coleslaw, mm, hungry. Which MCU actors do you want to see cross into the galaxy far, far away? What type of roles or characters would they portray? 
in that Feige breaking news story, there was the line of, uh, you know, he's already got a big yeah. actor in mind. They didn't say MCU. Yeah. They just said big actor. Yeah. So uh, what would you think? I mean, you already said one. With Hiddleston, Hiddleston is the uh, young emperor. Yeah, Hiddleston is young yeah. emperor would be great in the uh, Star Wars universe. I think um, I think Chadwick Boseman would be great um, in something. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for Michael B. Jordan, who's wanted to be. But Chris Evans, went, once they were talking about Kevin Feige, he they, they were. I think it was Collider. It was like, which MCU actor would you want to see? And he wrote back me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he, and he showed which, he, which Chris do you want? <laughs> yeah, I think Chris Evans. Chris yeah, Evans. Chris Evans. Chris for Pratt sure. to me, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I want him in a Star Wars movie unless they're going to start. Yeah, doing, it just you get too overly comedy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I mean, I, I'd love to see like. Uh, Gemma Chan or somebody. Uh, I I wouldn't mind a, a Karen Gillan as like a, a scrappy mm. roguelike, morally gray character. Yeah, okay. um, I think she'd be really fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of great actors in the MCU. Yeah, by now, like, those years. Uh, yeah, and then Brie Larson tweeted out that oh picture God, of someone say Star Wars was amazing. Yeah. Brie um, Larson won Twitter that day. She trolled the whole internet, and I loved it. And <laughs> she had that uh, the, the story. A while ago about uh, Samuel L. Jackson and his lightsaber yeah. and everything, like, and, and we're talking about that. All great choices. Uh, you I, anybody? I really just want Clark Gregg as like a barkeep. Yeah, that would work. He, he probably look because of the series. Rebel officer. You're gonna see. There's gonna be so many jobs for for people. Yeah. There's gonna be so many jobs for actors now to, to where yeah. this like these. Cassian and or Obi Wan. I mean, the, the rumor. What was the other rumored series that we were talking about recently? Well, there's you know. Let's not forget the rumor that, you know that floated around Dave Bautista's Bane. Right. You know, which right. Oh. <laughs> there, does but, look good on paper. But there was but, another one. There was one that we just talked about that said that it stemmed from the uh, the Cantina one. What was the, the story that we? Oh, like the Tales from the Cantina. No, yeah, but that, there was a movie that book? was supposed to come out. No, there was oh. a Cantina movie that was supposed to come out, but then there was a rumor we were talking about. Well, no. Ago. Oh, yeah. This is the. This is all very, very, very rumored. rumored. Mm-hmm. Stuff that there was the Moss Eisley script. I I hear tell through those shadowy whispers that it was a Oscar-winning writer director at a script uh, right. about the underworld characters, the Cantina or Moss Eisley. Yeah. Uh, who knows what's true? But uh, put something like that. No, but remember, yeah. we, but there was a script. There, there was, was a, a there was a rumor. There was a rumor going around like two weeks ago, and we covered it on the show that there was another series that stemmed from that. What the hell was it? I at this oh, point, I don't remember uh, what it was. <laughs> Who knows? You're talking about the solo series? That's what it was. It was um, the Crimson Dawn thing. Oh, the Crimson, Crimson Dawn, Dawn thing. thing. Like whether or not that happens. And forget also. anything I said earlier. I know. <laughs> we don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, anyway, look, that's the show. That's <laughs> yeah. today. I'm going to use that line for this show. Um, thank you guys for joining us here. And thank you to Fife Diaz. Yes, thank Where you can the good uh, people find for you? having me. You can find me all over the internet at my name, Emma Fife. Uh, yeah, and you know. Catch me in Orlando. That's right. Uh, coming up uh, soon here, October 19th. Cody's scrambling <laughs> to try to play a soundbite right now. Orlando. <laughs> uh, you can. Where do you where uh, they find you? First, first, uh, housekeeping. Collider is ranking the top live action Star Wars movies. It means the Clone Wars movies cannot make the list. Leading up to episode nine, and you, the audience, is supplying the list. Click the, click the link below to fi- fill out the poll and rank your favorite movies, and we will film a Collider top 10 video series where our hosts and many personalities will react and comment on the list. It'll be your list. So you can yell at us, but it's your list. Voting is open now, so click below and rank the episodes and stories however you see fit. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, KenAppsock.com for all the information, including comedy in Washington, D.C. with Mark Ellis in November. And for me, once again, guys, thank you so much for all the support that you have given me over the 
the last couple of years that we've been doing this show with you guys. And um, there's about three left. So we'll do them all together. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then Ken's going to be doing He's going to be taking the ship. And it's going to, Jedi Council is going to continue on. But if you want to find me and you want to continue what I'm doing, obviously Twitter is always the way to go there to just get some updates. But the Schmodown, the Schmodown, the Patreon, if you want to go on over. And like I said on Collider Live, more so than ever, need your support over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash schmodown. And the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash the schmodown, where all of my upcoming programming will lay. So thank you guys so much. Thank you to Emma. Thank you to Ken. And thank you to you guys. May the force be with you always. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.